0: All right. Hi, this is Leslie, and I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast, and this podcast is to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast um, in honor of my father, Patrick Kane. Who often said, "Why not today?" I am based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community outside of Rest or outside of Washington, D.C. And in my full-time world, I'm actually a sales director with Mary Kay. But this has been a fun adventure to meet new people and share "Why Not Today" stories. So, thank you for joining me um, today. I'm excited to have my guest, Joe, Joe Meyer, and he's from Shelter House, which we'll talk about in a minute. And I always like to talk about connections and. Um, you know, you never know where you're gonna meet somebody. And because of Mary Kay's involvement in, um, that we have a charitable foundation, we're involved in domestic violence. And I went to a chamber event, met somebody named Jolie, and I don't even remember her last name. And she said, oh my gosh, the mission of Mary Kay is in the line with Shelter House. Now, I never heard of Shelter House, and we'll talk a little bit more about that too. But then she connected me to Danny, who worked at Artemis House, who then connected me with Joe, and we've done lots of things together, and so I'm super excited to have Joe to kind of share his story, but also share the story of Shelter House and the courage that goes along with having hard times in your life. So welcome, Joe, and I'm excited to have you, and so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit, a fun fact that nobody might know about you.
1: Cool. Well, Leslie, thank you for having me on the show. This is, a, this is a great opportunity for for me, but also for Shelter House and the people that we serve, and just getting the word out around um, homelessness and domestic violence, and uh, you know how people can get involved, um, and also if people need help out there, can you know right. can, can reach out to us too. So, I really really appreciate this opportunity on 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 different levels. But um, as you said, my name is Joe Meyer. I'm the executive director and CEO for Shelter House. Um, which is a private nonprofit uh, here locally in Fairfax County and now Loudoun County, um, serving serving both counties there. Um, I grew up in the in the Western Pennsylvania um, area, uh, just outside of uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, went to a small school called Slippery Rock University, which kind of could be a fun fact in itself um, when yeah. <laughs> people hear the hear the name of that school. But uh, Slippery Rock University, I am a, a social. I was a social work major and always knew I just wanted to help people, uh, which is kind of how I got to do what I'm doing today. Um, is knowing that I wanted to help people, um, influence people as much as I could, knowing, knowing now, not knowing then, but knowing now that, um, you know, I, I am a person of privilege, um, who, um, had, you know, I have different platforms. Um, I have a voice that, uh, um, some people may not have, especially when we're talking about people that have experienced some domestic violence, um, marginalized populations, people of color um, who do not have those voices. Um, I need to step up and make sure that I use my voice uh, for those people who can't. So, I um, really enjoy what I do, enjoy the people that I work with, the populations that we're serving. Um, as I mentioned, I want to be of influence to people. um, but I've learned over the last 21 years of doing this work, the people that I'm working with are actually influencing me. Um, I have not learned, um, more through all my years, um, than when somebody walks through these doors, um, who needs help. And we talk, you know, we're going to be talking about courage. Um, and when I was reading, About the podcast and some of the questions, um, you know, kind of some of the courageous things that I've done, I just shook my head and thought that the the things that I have seen, the stories that I have heard, I have done nothing courageous compared to the people and the courage that people have had to come just by coming to our doors and asking for help. So I know we're talking about that.
0: Let's start with what does courage mean to you?
1: Yeah, courage is something um, to me that. It's it's going into something um, that is an unknown. Um, walking into a situation that you just don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, it's about being brave. Uh, it's about overcoming something that, um, again, you you just you don't know the outcome. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, love that. Um, I'm actually making notes of this because I'm going to start creating some courage cards with everybody's definition of courage because everybody's different, which is really yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned that I met you because of my involvement in domestic violence. And then you can't we did a couple of events together and I really got to hear stories and became passionate about the mission and was on the board of directors for Shelter house for a couple of years and enjoyed that. And but I really like being in the house houses and doing things. And my big aha was like living in Reston and there's shelters right near where I live and there have been my entire life and had no idea and the awareness. And not that we want to divulge uh information about whereabouts and things, but you know, there are shelters close by and people that you run into all day long that are in tough situations if you have no idea. Um, And so you know yeah, we've, we come from a privileged world, and some of the stories we've heard, heard, and, you know, domestic violence, I know, is one of the causes you guys work on, and also um, homelessness, and it's interesting um, with the domestic violence and things you've shared, and I know Danny shared with me one time about human trafficking, Mm -hmm. and how prevalent it is in the area, and um, actually, Todd Carter, who was on here before, his daughter did a fundraiser for her birthday in high school and they asked me to come do some pampering for the girls and share a little bit about Shelter House and it was interesting when I talked to the young high school girls about human trafficking and I remember never forget one of the girls whipped her head around and said not in this area I'm like oh my goodness yes so we need to have that awareness so why don't you talk about Shelter House the mission courage maybe some stories of people that have been courageous because you know, part of this podcast, I want to get out the message, like, how can we help and how can we get involved sure. and where do you need help? And yeah, there's definitely a need. So
1: sure. Well, I certainly appreciate this opportunity because there is such great need right now, especially right now coming off of a global pandemic um, where people have been um, uh, not Able to escape their their abuser for several years now, with the work from home, with people being isolated, um, we are seeing a rise in domestic violence right oh, now. Sure. Now it may not be cases of domestic violence, but we're seeing a rise of people now tr- fleeing domestic violence because of just being isolated inside the home with the abuser. So. Shelter House, um, we we were we were created back in 1981, so just over 40 years old, and we were um, uh, kind of our foundation was around helping families who are experiencing homelessness, and we started down in the Falls Church in the Seven Corners area. Started our first shelter in 1985. Um, we were a very small organization and in uh, 2007. Um, is when Fairfax County opened up a new shelter called the Catherine Hanley Family Shelter, and it was a family shelter. We were awarded the contract to operate that. Um, So again, I just want to kind of fast forward through all of this of how we, you know, kind of the evolution of Shelter House and what we have seen and some of the best practices that we have used in order to make the impact that we have been in the community, and then of course get to some of the stories. Um, But it was in you know, through constant assessment of what is causing homelessness in our community, there is a there's a lot of different reasons why people become homeless. Their homelessness is not the issue in itself, right? It's all of the all of the contributing factors. Um, there's mental health. There's medical. Um, there are you know people going through a divorce. There is um, alcohol and um, uh, dependence on substances. Um, there is just the um, you know, being being a victim of poverty and growing up through the system, and then there's domestic violence. And we had we saw that nearly 50% of the people who were experiencing homelessness had some type of domestic violence history in their background, whether they were currently um, experiencing domestic violence, whether they were a child witness to domestic violence, um, or whether they grew up in a home around, you know, with with domestic violence. And it was at that time um, where we um, saw those direct parallels between domestic violence and homelessness. And in 2010, uh, we were awarded the contract to, to, to uh, run Artemis House, as you mentioned before. Artemis right. House being the only 24-7 domestic violence shelter in Fairfax County. Um, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Fairfax County about, is huge. Yeah, we have about 85 beds for, for people experiencing or people wow. fleeing domestic violence. And that that actually increased... When we took over the contract in 2010, we had 37 beds, and now we're up to 85 beds. But you also look at a county that has over a million people um, in, in the county, and you're looking at the, um, you know, a statistic that they say, you know, about one in four women experience domestic violence in their lifetime, and we have 85 beds in the county. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. where the need is right now, like I said, we have 85 beds that um, we have slated for victims of domestic violence, for people fleeing domestic violence. Um, And I will tell you right now, we are over double capacity right now today in our domestic violence shelters. We have people in hotels um, that we are trying to just get out of um, dangerous situations, life-threatening situations um, you know, preventing homicides. We just had, you know, not we, but you know the, um, the, the community just suffered one in Falls Church a couple of days ago that you probably saw on the news um, um, a, a domestic violence um, homicide. We are here. This is you know, this is why I, I really appreciate this opportunity, Leslie, because we need to let people know we are here. And if and people don't. know right. And if people if people know we're here, um, you know, you can you can see us on shelterhouse.org. Get all the information. Call nine you'll not nine one one. You'll get directly um, routed to us if you're you know talking about a domestic violence situation. Um, but there's a lot of ways um, to get to us, um, and it's just making sure that people are aware that there are services out there for people experiencing and people fleeing domestic violence for us.
0: Yeah, and you just never know. And it's not a demographic, it's not an age, it's not a color, it's not a ethnicity, it's everybody. You just never know. And I was actually, because of my involvement, I'm so grateful that I've been involved with you and listened to you. And we had a couple of events I mentioned that you came and spoke and just the awareness. And I think we had sheriff um Kincaid at one event too, and just sharing that the awareness, like you would think in Northern Virginia and this elite area that that wouldn't happen. And like the human trafficking, I remember Danny told me they went into two neighborhoods in Great Falls, which had a very affluent area, two houses in the same neighborhood and pulled out girls. And that's just scary. So I think, you know, that awareness, letting people know, and you just never know who it's gonna be. I'm in the homelessness too. I know somebody, a very middle-class successful, family everything was good and the husband became an alcoholic and he was homeless for nine months and living out of his car and most people didn't know but you just never know so we don't want to judge but we want to be able to give people access and know how to help people and you know people do survive and come out and I know you guys have a lot of resources to help people I know the Mary Kay involvement that we have a charitable foundation that helps fight domestic violence Mm -hmm. and cancers that affect women they've given over 50 million dollars to fight domestic violence and they did training with us saying as consultants going into women's homes to be aware and actually had a campaign where they were putting um help lines in an empty lipstick tube Mm -hmm. so women could you know, if you notice, and I actually had an instance, I think I reached out to you about um, that. I was just talking to some friends and I just sensed this woman was having some issues and I could tell, it may it may not have been physical but it was definitely a mental thing. And then a couple of weeks later, her friend that I'd met her with called me and said, um, I'm looking for a place, a friend's looking for a place. And I'm like, is it such and such? And she's like, how did you know? And I'm like, because of my awareness. Yeah. I was able to pick up those things. So why don't we talk about some courage, some things you've seen not to scare people, but people that have done courageous things and then come out the other side and been successful?
1: yeah. so so again, Leslie, like you said, it's not to scare people. This is real. You know this right. is this is real life with real people um, that are that are coming through our doors. And I will say um kind of two separate examples of this. And first is um, you know probably what most people will think of. Um, are the people that are coming to our doors, people that are picking up the phone and calling us saying, we need to get out of, um, me Me and my children need to get out of um, this this uh, abusive relationship. And that's happening every single day. There are courageous men and women who are coming to us. We don't just serve um, women experiencing domestic violence. We also serve men who are experiencing domestic violence. Um, the majority are, are either single women or um, single led uh, or um, uh, single dad families by by women. So um, I would say every single one of these women that are coming to us are courageous. We've had people come to us um, through the through the um, uh, police department um, uh, who are um, uh, um, trans um, transported um, by the police department who go into the homes. We have very close relationships. Um, with the domestic violence detectives within Fairfax County Police Department, do partnerships with them. Um, but I will say, um, you know, we've we've also been notified of people who are roaming around the streets, who have been um, sheltered in their own home, um, who did not speak the language. Um, and this person actually was found walking around Reston, um, having no idea where to go. And this individual lived, lived in quotes, in Reston for more than five years oh, and wow. never went outside. She finally got outside walking around, um, had no idea where to go, um, didn't know the area, didn't speak the language. We finally found out um, through the uh, um, the police department's help that she was a victim of domestic violence that she was being held um, against her will. Um, And she came to us uh, at Artemis house and she was in our shelter. Now this is not a typical case, but she was in our shelter for over a year because that's how much help she needed. She had zero life skills. She came into a place that she had no idea where she was going. She had complete strangers trying to help her. She didn't understand the language. You talk about courage it would have been very easy to go back to the lifestyle that she was used to which was being held against her will right and that's where you know where 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 domestic violence is so challenging sometimes is because of the power and control that the person who's doing harm has over the victim right um, where the victim is so manipulated that they feel like this and co-, 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 co coheres that this feels like the way of life. Um, yeah,
0: that's their reality.
1: And that is their reality. So for the so the courage that people have to stand up for themselves and their children to leave that situation where so many times the person that is doing harm um, has financial control over them. Nine over 90% of domestic violence cases, hmm. it's um, starts with financial abuse. Wow. Um, And mental abuse. And then it comes to physical abuse. So when you have um, lost the control of finances, you never had control um, of maybe your, your, you know, the decisions that you're making, then you start having children. Um, Now you have a family to be able to up and leave for the betterment of yourself is extremely difficult and extremely courageous. And that's yeah. what I, that's why I defined courage the way that I did, because I can see the people that are coming to us coming into a place that they have no idea about. Right. They have no idea what the shelter looks like. They have no idea if they're going to have a bed to sleep in, which they do. They have no idea what they're going to do for food. They have no idea what they're going to do for the kids for school. It's all the unknowns of leaving your house, leaving the abuse to go where you're fairly stable, even though you're being abused, there's stability there right? Um, because of the kids' school, because of the food on the table, because of you know the financial stability. Um, but again, it's not healthy. So the courage that people have to leave that situation, come to us and have a life free of violence is just so courageous. Um, I
0: can't even imagine. How
1: scary. And, this, and then the second part of that that I really want to get to that I want people to understand are the people that work for Shelter House. So many of the individuals that work for Shelter House have experienced homelessness or domestic violence. Oh, wow. So many of them are still dealing with the trauma, um, the PTSD, that they have experienced in their lifetime. And that's why I say I come from a privileged life. I come from a um, intact family, um, able-bodied white male, um, where I need to make sure that I use the privilege that I have, first understand the privilege that I have, but then also be a voice for people that haven't had the same experiences that I've had. But I also need to learn from the people who have had those experience. Right. And the people that come to us, that work for us, that have, have real life experience and that lived experience in domestic violence and homelessness are so valuable to this organization because they know what it takes to get out of the situations. Um, they are sometimes still dealing with um, the situations that, that they were brought through. Right. Um, so when it comes to when you know, when we're talking about courage and talking about the courageous acts, the people working for Shelter House, I, again, it's still, it, it's why I do what I did. I've been doing this for 21 years. It's why I do what I do. Um, uh, because the people that are working for us, the, literally the heroes that are working within our communities to pull people out of these situations, out of homelessness and out of dangerous situations to get them back on their feet.
0: All right. I had no idea the people working there had were affected by but that makes total sense that they're passionate about it. But I can only imagine the triggers and yes, yeah, um, so scary. Just and and I know one time you came and spoke at an event, and this kind of stuck with me in talking about okay, how can we help as a community? Like, what are some things we should look for and be able to connect and help people? Because I know it can be a scary situation, and if you're a domestic violence situation, the attacker, I don't know what, how do you refer, um, pretty much controls. And people have a hard time getting out of the house, out of situations, they're checking their communication. Um, And how do they find out how, I guess, you know, we talked about one time, as I mentioned at an event and you're like, okay, if somebody is next door, a neighbor is shooting somebody, you would call the police. But if there's a domestic violence situation, we don't always say something. So share how people can, identify, see what we should look for, and then how we can help people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I always use kind of that that um, uh, story around, you know, if, if if there is a person experiencing homelessness who is sleeping in your backyard, um, what would you do? And typically, you know, a typical person would say, well, I'm gonna pick it up, well, I'm gonna go out and, you know, try to help the person tell them, but you can't stay here. If they don't leave, you're going to call the police. If your next door neighbor, um, is experiencing domestic violence. We typically don't call it domestic violence right away. They're having marital issues, right? Even though in the back of our head, we know, or we are expecting that this person, um, is being abused, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically. And what do we do in most cases? We don't say anything because it's within their four walls. Right. It's marital issues. Let them deal deal with it. We don't want to get involved, and that's the last thing that the persons that that people want. Um, we need to recognize the signs of domestic violence. If we are um, working in in our companies, our coworkers, if if we're leaders within our companies, we have to understand what the signs of domestic violence are. If you have employees or if you have coworkers um, who are high performers, and all of a sudden. Um, are starting to come into work a little late um, or they're just shutting down. They're not talking or during conversations when you're talking about um, the fun weekends or the things about your spouses or about your boyfriends um, and they shut down and they don't talk about any of that. Uh, if you know that they're married, if they, you know, if you know the, if, if they have a boyfriend um, um, we, there's, there's signs, um, you know, within just markings on people. Um, we need to be able to ask questions. We need to be able to, you know, for instance, one of my neighbors um, came to me and said, you know, Joe, I was with one of our other neighbors um, and we were at the grocery store and, you know, together and we were in line together and she had to pick up the phone and she had to call her husband to tell her how much the um, bill was going to be so he could transfer money over to her account. Wow. He said, is this normal?
0: And you don't live, I mean, you live in a very affluent, nice neighborhood. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> and anytime they were out, she had to ask permission or he had to know where she was. So this, so, so my other neighbor, she was picking up on this. Um, so again, when it, you know, when we're talking about abuse, we're not just talking about the physical abuse of people. It starts way before that. Um, and this individual was being abused. and it started with financial abuse, where she was not allowed to have any money in her account beyond what she was spending, was on, spending on on wow. that. Um, so it's signs like that, And you know we were very grateful that she, you know that my neighbor was able to pick up on that, and then she was able to talk to her. Um, and just ask her questions. we we don't want to be invasive, of course, but we want to be able to ask questions. We want to be able to open our doors. It's simple things like, I'm not sure, i I'm not sure exactly what you're going through, but our door' open for you. yeah. And just a simple question like that, I'm not accusing anybody of anything right because people can get very defensive of their person who's doing harm to them also. But we can just simply say, you know, I don't know exactly what you're going through. We are here for you and we're going to leave our door open for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But again, it's just, it's, it's the signs. It's the, it's, it's the non-accusatory way of approaching somebody just to say, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. Um, It's also, we know, we know so many more people that have um, experienced domestic violence than we even know we know.
0: Right. Well, and they say one out of four. Yes. So scary. Like you're in a big room and like, all right, look beside you. And
1: yes. So even for people who have experienced domestic violence or a child witness domestic violence, because that's a big one, too. Um, So many of the people that come to us have been child witnesses of domestic violence, and now they are victims of domestic violence also. Um, Again, our staff, our staff that come to us, they were not abused, but in in their childhood. They were a child witness, domestic violence. And that sometimes um, is even worse. Yeah. Um, you know, they say, and it's true that, you know, the physical harm that people do to you, you can heal from the mental harm that people do. You will not. Right. Um, so we have to, you know, our mental health around, around everything right now mental, we're talking a lot about mental health, but when it comes to the. You know, the the trauma that people are suffering from through abuse um, is is just extraordinary. We have to be able to as business leaders, um, as friends, as co-workers, as family members, we cannot ignore what is going on. Um, You could always call our our hotline. um, And and again, you can go to our website at shelterhouse.org um and and um you know get the number and resources
0: and we'll share all your um how to connect with you and Great. the organizations um yes, yeah it's awareness it's you know and i know the events we did together were so good and people were just amazed at what they heard and i think getting the word out and letting people know that there are resources and and then how can we help you know by identifying but then also resources to help the houses i know christmas time i do a a program called adopt a mom and i've donated things but really sometimes if i have extra i hold on to them because i've literally been into artemis house walking over piles of stuff people are so generous but then in february you know people kind of forget so being able to help i know one event that we did was and this was just eye opening that um oh food stamps or i know i called snapped out does yeah. not color any cover any feminine hygiene right. items. Like, and we're, I was talking to a friend, like they don't cover diapers, baby formula. So I know we did like a tampon drive one time. You know, simple things that you don't think about that people could use. Um one of the things when I've been into the shelters doing makeovers, one thing that the ladies have always asked and now I've prepared is they want the mirror that I give them. And like a simple thing like a mirror. That's so simple and easy. But if you think about it, when you leave with nothing but yourself and the clothes on your back, like simple things that we take for granted.
1: And it's, it's about, and what we really try to do, um, is around dignity and getting people's dignity back to them. And as soon as you mentioned that, that mirror, it gave me that image of dignity where somebody can look at themselves again with what you all have done, um, you know, on Mother's Day, you all come through, um, you know, on Mother's Day and do the gifts and the makeovers and everything on Mother's Day for us. And I know that the people who are coming to our programs really enjoy that. Um, But being able to be made over and just have some of that makeup on and be able to look at themselves in that mirror is the dignity that they need. Right. We just had an amazing event yesterday with uh, Fairfax County Sheriff's Department. Um, and, and Sheriff Stacy Kincaid, who is um, uh, just amazing. She did shop with the sheriff yesterday um, with the kids um, oh, in our that. ventures. And um, they went to Target, they have a pizza party, then they go to Target in Burke um, for a couple hours. And they have 30, 35 to 40 deputies work with 35 to 40 of our children who are in their shelters. Um, and they each have $250 and they shop with the sheriff's deputies to go around to get school clothes, to get shoes, to get supplies, to get all the things that they need for their first days of school. And when we're talking about dignity and being able to walk into school with a new pair of shoes on, to walk into you know school on that first day with, a, with new clothes on, it just, you know it, it, it takes the burden off of the parent to say, what are we going to do for our kids? But it also takes the burden off of the child Who's walking into school who may feel different already, but they right. don't have to. They have that dignity of walking in um, on that first day with, with new stuff. So it's That's awesome.
0: It's- I love seeing that event. And I was actually, I was listening to the radio this morning and they were talking about um, going back to school and advice for kids and parents. And one person wrote in and it was, I, I want to find it, but she had a poem basically, but it was like, you know, when you, as kids going into school, you know, go there to learn, not to judge, not to yeah. compare. You know, if the kid comes in and wears the exact same pair of shoes every day, who cares? Yeah. And, you know, if their lunch is different, then don't judge and be yeah. friendly. And, you know, it starts there and it starts educating kids. Yeah. Well, we could talk forever and ever and yeah. ever and ever. And, <laughs> ever. and speaking of um, Sheriff Kincaid, I just love her and how connected she is. And like, I've met her once or twice, but she would not know me walking down the street. But, we're connected on Facebook and every year on my birthday she sends me a private message wish me happy birthday like She's that's great. great I need to um I need maybe you can connect us and get her interview her on here because I think she would sure. be a great asset so what encouragement would you have for someone to be courageous or say why not today
1: you know I would uh, why not today um one you may not see tomorrow yeah. um in so many ways you you may not get tomorrow if if you don't do it today Um, and so many of the people who have come to us um, who have made the life-changing decision uh, to get help um, whether it be help because of an abusive relationship that you're in help because um, you're on the verge of homelessness help because you have suicidal ideation help because um you need, you know, the mental health um help, um, or just decisions that you've been holding off on, you may not get tomorrow if you right. don't today.
0: That is so true. And that's why I'm living by this motto. So um, I always try to say, what is your com- connection, my dad? And people read that question like, I never met meet your dad. And not necessarily ever met him, but I always like to wait till the end to see, okay, all the places you connected. Well, um, obviously giving back to the community which was a big part that he was invested in especially the resting community which you're doing such a big thing with but so i know before you're at shelter you're at embry rucker shelter yeah. and my dad was very involved with that and actually i think somewhat instrumental in getting that going and of course embry rucker was a good friend of his I remember as a kid seeing him. And he was, he had a church that he ran at Lake Ann. It was almost like God. because. <laughs> um And then the Kate Hanley shelter, you're part of that. And of course, Kate Hanley was a friend of my father's also, and he was connected with her in the community. Um And then kind of a fun connection for us is I remember one of the first times you spoke and my friend, Teresa, who was actually a guest on the podcast uh, a month or so ago, she, I was talking to her. She's like, what are you doing with Joe? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing with Joe? She's like, I'm like, how do you know Joe? She's like, he was my next door neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> you hung out with him. I'm like, oh my goodness. I never put all that together. So small little world yes. connection. Yeah. You just never know. And so I'm grateful for all that we've been able to do. And I may share um, as part of this post, I think I mentioned to you before we started that um, my help in the community um, and with Shelter House and Adopt-a-Mom, I was actually honored um, with Best of Rest Reston Award several years ago. And you spoke on the video or a big part of the video talking about Shelter House and everything we've done together. So I may share that with that. So yeah. yeah, so it's been great to have you on. As I said, we could talk forever and ever. And you know what I'd love if you have somebody that's gone through the system on the other side, Okay. That it wouldn't be a confidential yeah. confidentiality thing, or somebody that I'd love to be able to share their story. Um, there's actually Great. a story of somebody in Mary Kay. Mary Kay actually did a PBS special um, about domestic violence. Um, and they did in an English and Spanish. but there was a woman that I think she was out of Virginia Beach and was in a domestic violence shelter. And through her Mary Kay director was able to flee and go to California and she was in a shelter there and had no money, but she had a Mary Kay business. And so she would literally go to do an appointment, have that she had no car. The taxi would take her. She'd stop at the bank to cash her checks from whatever she sold to pay the taxi to get home before her kids got home and was able to, through Mary Kay and the help of a shelter, earn a car, buy a house. And it's a huge success now. So you just never know.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: That's right. So thanks again for being on. And we will share your information. Okay. Um, And I'll have you send me info so people can connect with you. Um, So it's great to have you on and of course see you. It's been a long time since I've seen you. I guess I saw you for a minute at the cornerstones event. But thanks again for sharing your story. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else. And we release a new podcast every other Saturday and have not missed one yet. I'm excited about that. And we're working on a website and we're gonna have merchandise, cups and t-shirts because we're gonna start a movement that says, why not today? So thanks again, Joe. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and um, let's get some help for shelter house and awareness out there.
1: Great, thank you, Leslie.
0: You're welcome. Thank you.